Like you just stepped out of the past. Getting that DeLorean. To a cleaner, brighter, sunnier day. Yeah. Is that a joke at the end? No. Why do, you, why do you have to have like a, a, a double entendre in everything that's said about everything? <laughs> very sensitive about that subject. I know. Listen, people, you need to go listen to that episode. Which episode? Because now we did the introduction over, so no one knows what you're talking about. Back in 2017. It's the last introduction. I think it was not even 2017. I think it was 2016. It was probably 2016. Let's look. We're looking it up. Let's look it up. Let's shoot the videotape. Jeff had a great idea. He said, let's uh, do murder murder cleanup scenes forensic cleaning forensic mm-hmm. cleaning mm-hmm. and uh, I thought it went pretty well apparently that's our lowest lowest rated one ever oh this is episode 59 that we're doing right now actually oh 59 let's see where is forensic cleaning <clears throat> and they're always hiring I'm just saying I was uh, not impressed with their pay I remember yeah their pay isn't much Mm-mm. It's okay though, but for some of the work they have to do, it's crazy. So forensic cleaning, that would help balance out the whole parababel listening ship. How the hell did we do that before the Mothman? Where was it? Yeah, oh, it's not even. I'm pretty sure after that, I didn't get any say on what comes up next. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. I know it's not true. You've had a lot of much better topics. Not every topic is going to be a winner. No, I mean you don't. Sometimes you don't know. Sometimes we think ones that are going to be awful are this actually true. some of the best episodes. Like, not like tonight. The Wizard of Oz came out pretty well. Mm-hmm. That was a big one. We thought might just be. That was a kick-ass episode. Right. We didn't think that was going to be good, and it was amazing. This is true. Bigfoot was always and it was a nice one, but that we knew that was going to be a nice one. Episode seventeen. Episode. Se- I wow. knew it was towards the beginning. How many? How many? Um, and you said we're at 59? Yeah. We've come a long way, baby. Mm-hmm. But I think this episode tonight has taken us back a few steps. <laughs> yeah. We shall see. We've hit a low. You hit something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for us, this is a new low, I think. Stuff made out of human skin. Yeah. It's not like it's a new topic. No. Apparently, but, but once you why? look into but it. Why? Why? Because everything's reusable. <laughs> oh, so that's, that's the take on it. <clears throat> Nothing like, goes to waste. Like mm-hmm. your lovely sparkles that you have on your face? Uh-huh. They're probably made from human skin. No, probably not, but... Um, gonna go with something. Uh-uh. All right, well, you got... No, I mean, they probably right, Alice, my human skin in them. They're probably made from unicorn skin. Ooh, that I would definitely use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, is a unicorn actually considered a horse? Or is it considered a unicorn? It's considered a unicorn. So it's its own species. Yes, yep. that's why they're so special. The crocodiles and alligators. Is a zebra a horse? <clears throat> yeah, exactly. No, but it's in the family. Okay. <laughs> well, think about it. So it was unicorn. Well, unicorns in the horse family, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Would it be a, considered like, you know, um, what the black you, sheep of the family? What would a unicorn wear a saddle made of human skin? Maybe. What about Pegasus? Ooh. See now that sounds that sounds impressive. Pegasus, Pegasus, Pegasus. Pegasus. It's not it's not unicorn. You know, there's there's people that would pay to have leg skin suits made and wear those. <laughs> Where are you going with this? Yeah. <laughs> Should we do? Do we know something? Or... <laughs> it was really disturbing when I saw the picture of it. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't look at any pictures. Yeah, it's literally like uh, somebody's waist down. It's just been carefully preserved so you can get in their skin. That is different. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to say, well, that's pretty cool. How do you, but wait a minute. I mean, it falls with right in, you know, shrinking heads and watching the movie Leatherface where they take off the face and they use the skin as another mask. So I think that all throughout this entire time that I was doing research on this, all I kept thinking about was it puts the lotion in the basket. <laughs> See, both of those were inspired by Ed Gein. What? Yeah. Yeah. Buffalo Bill was inspired by Ed Gein. Buffalo Bill. Leatherface. Leatherface. Mm-hmm. And Psycho. Norman Bates. Pretty much close in that line. Mm-hmm. Trips, what? Trips, the, the, uh, trips over into the, um, you know. They amped it up for sure, but. See, you only care about this 
episode because it lets you look into more Ed Gein, who is like your idol for some reason. No, he's not. I'm gonna get you a T-shirt. He's really not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Batman. Do you want some um, <clears throat> skin pants? <laughs> oh wow! No. That... Just hop right in those pants. Why does somebody have that in a museum or a glass case? It's some. It's some skin pants. If you're connected to my Wi-Fi right now, we're probably going to get arrested pretty soon. Or I am. Well, who's actually on the lease? Pants made from a 17th century sorcerer's skin. Get you some skin Mm -hmm. pants. Why would you want to be in someone else's skin? Wait a minute. You're getting under my skin. (laughs) There it is. There's going to be a lot of skin jokes tonight. Yep. Those things are just going to keep happening and happening. Okay, so we're going to talk about things that are made from skin, right? Mm-hmm. Are we going to focus in on the topic now? Sure, yeah. I thought we were drifting somewhere a little bit. These skin pants will get you a lump sum of money. Yeah? Yeah, that's what it says. Hmm. Yep. Should we experiment with this? Necro pants, literally meaning death underpants, death underpants, are a pair of pants made from the skin of a dead man, which are believed in Icelandic witchcraft mm. to be capable of producing an endless supply of money. Maybe if you sold them to the black market. It's very simple. All you have to do is secure a friend's agreement that when he dies of natural causes, you have permission to skin him from the waist down and wear his pants. Wear his legs. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Why why are we doing this topic again? I don't know. I've seen it all at this point. Um, Yeah. So there's a lot of things that are made out of human skin mm-hmm. but okay so just on a serious note if we could be serious at, at all about anything that has to do with this we make things out of leather all the time yeah right that's yep. skin of cows skin yeah. of animals right that's totally different why is it different because they're not humans we're highly evolved mm-hmm. and intelligent but saddles are made out of leather mm-hmm. and you put those on animals reins are made of leather we're not barbaric and you put those on animals they're walking around with their friend's skin on them. Is it like feeding chicken to chicken? I guess so. Yes. Yeah, we're above that. All That's right. all there is to it. That's all I But got. apparently, not everybody is above that. No, definitely uh, not. We There are many cases out there of, you know, there's... The first thing when I looked it up, it came up with sites that were, um, you know, the human skin they were used for wallets, shoes... The list just goes on to what, whatever you see out there that can be made from leather, they can make it from human skin by stretching it, getting the rights of <clears throat> dead people before they die. Yeah. Unless Cadavers. Well, unless you're at gain, you just take what you want and make what you want. Yeah. You just make some furniture. Furniture. Probably pretty comfortable. If DIY. You, do you saddle <laughs> oil for that? <laughs> DIY. You see, like, on this episode, how edition. You see, like one of those shows, like yeah. flipping houses. This is like flipping yeah. dead skin and stuff. It's like, it takes some like saddle this, oil. This room was very dark, so I made a nice lamp with a shade made of human skin in the corner. It really lightens up the area. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> what else did he make? What else did he make? Let's see, I gotta hold this here. Let's just get this out of the way. Okay. Let's get this out of the way so that Rob can then zone out the sleep. rest of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I wrote down like his whole little career, his life. Okay, let's talk about that. Because he's probably the most famous person to make stuff out of human skin. I would right? hope so. Okay. <clears throat> so, Edgeen, I mean, he killed. he only killed two people. Maybe so he's three. getting a bad rap. Yeah. Maybe three. Maybe three. Maybe his brother. Um, he confessed to the, the killings. He killed tavern owner Mary Hogan in 1954 and a hardware store owner, Bernice Warden, in 1957. Well, if you name Bernice, come on. They have nice skin. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. He grave robbed too, didn't he? Yeah, that's where he got the majority of his skin. Okay. I know too much about him. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, each episode, um, we always chime in on something mm-hmm. new with him. I don't know why he's... Like, we did the serial killers episode, but Ed Gein is not even a serial killer. He's just, you know... Well, no, he's got his own little legend yeah. like following him. Yeah. 
Uh, he was found guilty but legally insane. No, and they... I had to throw up. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> we have a live studio audience tonight. <laughs> I think she just watched the same YouTube video we did yeah, over there. I think so. <laughs> Perfect timing. There are several things going on in the studio tonight. And in our brains. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was I doing? Oh, human skin stuff. Human skins. Um, so he was found guilty but legally insane in 1968. And then he spent the rest of his life at a mental facility. He died in 1984. 84, really? Yeah, he was an old dude. I want to hear the Ed Gaines yeah. tapes. Like, somebody had to have sat down and interviewed this guy. They oh, yeah, definitely out there somewhere. his brain. Must have. Yeah. Um, this all <laughs> happened in Plainfield, Wisconsin. Um, Ed had a, a mother who was highly religious, and she read from the Bible to him every night. Right. That's why he went insane. Yep. She would always... Why are we bringing religion into this? I'm just saying. Let's, let's put two and two together. It's not that hard. She people, read... people, wait, wait, wait! Crazy people, mm-hmm. because of religion. Mm-hmm. You no. made him nuts. Mm-hmm. Come on! So he wants to skin people and dig bodies up. Yeah, he wanted her to shut up. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, that was that was a subliminal message. To no, me. that's why he killed women. She apparently used to um, read graphic and disturbing. Pornography? Just from the Bible. Oh, from the Bible. From the Bible. Pornography. There's a lot of that in there. So he had a strange, like, attachment to his mother. That's where the inspiration from Psycho came in. Oh. And the term Mama's Boy? Yep. So he possibly killed his older brother, Henry. That's the the third possible murder. Oh, Henry. Yeah. I don't like those candy bars. No. Do you? Do they have marshmallow on it? I've never had them. Oh. I know there's creamy nougat peanuts and stuff in it. Oh, Henry, why did you get killed by your brother, Ed Gein? So he's possibly. possibly killed. Possibly. So they couldn't prove that. No, because what happened was him and his brother were trying to put out a uh, fire in the woods near oh, their home. It was like a forest, little forest fire. And his brother, Henry, went missing for a couple of days. And so when the police came in to search for him, they found his body... A couple days later, and he was dead, but there was no burns on him. It looked like, oh, maybe he died of a heart attack, I thought. I mean, this so, was 1944, though, too. Right, so. so maybe they used the fire, he used the fire as yeah. an excuse to, you know. And eventually they said that there may have been, like, marks on his neck, like he was choked to death. And but he wasn't eventually skinned. Eventually they determined that he died of asphyxiation. Wow, wow. that's some top-notch police work there. Asphyxiation. Well, but you don't know, was he choked to death, or did he die from, like, smoke inhalation from the fire? But Ed was there, so yep. we have to raise our eyebrow. Yep. And Ed admitted to grave robbing at least 40 times from three different cemeteries in and around uh, Plainfield, Wisconsin. And he would dig up the bodies of women who he thought resembled his mother. Resembled his mother? Is that because he missed his mom, or he had, like, this real sick... I don't know. Necrophiliac thing going on. Because I skipped over that part. His mom died in 1945, one year after his brother died. So he lost both of them, and it was just three of them. Oh, then it was his whole life. Yeah, and that's when it amped up, and the grave robbing started. So do we want to hear a list of some of the fun stuff that the police found in his... Sure. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Parabattle.com. Whole human bones and fragments. A wastebasket made of human skin. Oh, wastebasket. Mm-hmm. That's handy. Human skin covering several <laughs> chair seats. <laughs> what? Say that again. Like a, like a chair cover made out of human skin. I like oh, that idea. It's yeah. probably pretty soft. Yeah, very supple. It's creative. It's creativity, at least. Mm-hmm. Outside the box. Um, <laughs> skulls <laughs> on his bedposts. You could see that in today's world. You probably see he, that. He thought he was a Viking. He's yeah. not, he was creative. Because he had he also had female skulls with the tops of them sewn off. So, like, the top of the skull was not there. Just anyone home? Bulls made from human skulls. Mm. He's not the first to do that, though. A corset made from a female torso skinned from shoulder to waist. Okay, that's a little weird. 
Yeah, just a little bit. Especially if he wore it. Well, do you think he had learned any sewing from his mom? Probably, where he learned everything. Leggings made from human leg skin. Oh, well, see, he wanted a pair of leg pants. So that means he shaved? He wanted he wanted an un, 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 um, supply of money that never ended. So he had to get some leg pants. Masks made from the skin of female heads. So there's your Leatherface inspiration. Okay. And so when the cops caught him, it was after he killed Bernice Warden. And uh, they ended up finding Bernice Warden's entire head in a burlap sack. Mary Hogan's skull in a box, which was his victim from three years prior. Mary Hogan's face in a paper bag. Bernice Warden's heart in a plastic bag in front of Gein's pot-bellied stove. Was he trying to make a mask of, like, somebody that he killed so he could try to pretend like... You think Jeffrey Dahmer, like, studied this guy? Oh. Uh, at some point? I don't know. Really, I mean, Dahmer was just, such, like, a weirdo himself. But he was in a different... But, you know, if you're you're skinning people, you're eating them, you're cooking them, you're kind of doing what Gein did, other than making furniture and household, you well, know, Gein, appliances Gein, Gein was like the hunter. Like, you know, you use every part of it. Okay. I mean, I don't think he probably ate people. He just wanted, like, you know, the usable things from them so he could make he things like waste paper baskets. He was yeah. practical. A lampshade made from human. A human skin face. There's the famous one that we always talk about. Oh, yeah. It looks like the person's, like... Mm-hmm. Where are agony. these? Are these locked up somewhere? Let's see, because... I would like to see these. And you know they got them somewhere. Some dusty old Probably some, like, crime warehouse. museum or some crazy place. So there's actually a Wikipedia page called Lampshades Made from Human Skin. Of course there is. There are two notable allegations of lampshades made from human skin. Do we want to guess where the other one came from besides that being? It's the Holocaust. Yep. Yeah. Nazis. The one that, that showed up in New Orleans. What was that? Fill in, our, fill in our five listeners. So, not to get off the subject, but um, there's a lot of rumors that Nazis made things out of human skin, too, from people that were in the concentration camps. Okay. And... Lampshades were one of them, um, binding of books, you know, all kinds of like weird things. And when you think about it, it's probably not too far fetched because they didn't consider Jews to be like real people, right? You know, they thought so they were lesser than right. So it probably wouldn't have been that weird if they did engage in some of these kinds of things. But the legend was is that there was a lampshade that supposedly somehow was brought over to the United States by what they initially think was probably a former Nazi, that they smuggled it out when they came to the United Mm -hmm. States. Because you know that that happened a lot. Like, there was a lot of Nazis that defected to the United States after the war. Um, So the legend is that this showed up at, like, a rummage sale or a yard sale, and somebody bought this thing. And didn't know at the time that it was supposedly a human lampshade. Um, then during Hurricane Katrina, it was like found somewhere, resurfaced again. And they ran all these tests on it trying to prove like either it was human skin or it wasn't, what the time frame was. And the only thing they were able to say um, 100% is that it definitely is human skin, but they can't prove that it was made during the time frame that it would have been if it was from someone. See, uh, the one I was just looking at said that it was made from goat skin. Well, there's different theories out there. But the thing is, is that now they're talking about having to be, having the ability to DNA test it. So that they can find out 100% like where the nationality of whoever it was made was. 10 years ago? 15 years ago? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have the technology then to kind of figure it out? Or it just wasn't really big on the list of things to do? I don't think it was big on the list of things to do. and And I believe that the person that had it had to pay for the testing. So, and the person who had it, who you mean bought it or where he found it? Where he or, found it. So it would have been on him. Yeah. It's kind of like a, you know, almost like an urban legend type thing, I think. You know, people have kind of elaborated the story through the years. Where's Brad Meltzer when you need him? Right? I love that guy. Brad, we need you back on TV, buddy. But it's interesting that there's a whole Wikipedia page on lampshades because obviously there's many more out there. Well, here's the thing. If you're making lampshades, if you're making anything out of skin, that means you're not just, like, finding a piece of skin, like, say, your forearm and making, like, a little, 
I don't know, handy dandy uh, finger ring or something. You're getting a good chunk of skin from somewhere, and you're actually stretching it, carrying it, and being able to probably sew it to one side together. Yeah, they tan so, it just like they tan. If all this eyes. is happening out there, I mean, are these people doing it legally, or they just you know finding some John Doe's floating around or something, and just like, hey, I got a really crazy idea, or is this like an underground? So I think that type of cultish thing. There's there's two parts to that that I kind of want to talk a little bit about. So one of them is that. There's two connections. When I was doing research, I found a really interesting phenomenon of how criminals were killed for, like, executed, and what happened to their skin afterwards. That was, like, a pretty normal thing to have happen, because there's at least two instances that I have that I was able to find of where this kind of thing happened. It's all within, like, the same 75-year time span. But the other thing to kind of think about is that as crazy as everybody's like, oh, this is so disgusting, making stuff out of human skin, what's wrong with people? I think the, one of the reasons why we started talking about this was because we had a conversation about the Civil War and mourning jewelry mm. and how people made jewelry out of teeth and bone and hair and all sorts of stuff and wore it around. They made, you know, rings out of teeth and lockets out but of why because uh, it was to hold on to a piece of that person that's why it was called mourning jewelry because people were in mourning so they would take a piece of their loved one and have it made into a piece of jewelry that they would wear and keep close that's pretty I, messed up too. I, I get it i get it but, but that's that was, an it's extreme weird. it's weird to us now but it was a common practice then i mean it was an acceptable thing a lot of people did it and like you remember when uh Billy, uh, what's his name? Billy Bob Thornton and Angelina Jolie were together and they had the vials, the vials of, blood. of blood that they exchanged. And everybody was like, oh my God, that's so weird and so gross. Well, it's the same kind of principle. It's keeping a piece of somebody else close. Like, there's all the, that stuff now that's going on where people are cremated and then they take the ashes and they put them into tattoos. Yeah, You're, that's weird. But think about it. I mean... Well, that's okay. But they're, they're taking people, cremating them, making them trees... I actually got an article in here, but, you know, it's self-explanatory. They're taking um, skin and they're mixing it into diamonds and then putting them into rings and stuff. So you have that loved one or whoever you want, uh, you know, close to you. So it is, but it's a little more fashionable than versus, like, you know, wearing a chain of teeth, so to speak. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody was doing that, but... But I, it, the, you know the what principle I'm saying? behind it is just trying to keep some... I mean... And especially do, during the right. Civil War, like, people were dying in such huge quantities, like, so many people were dying, and people, like, I think it was just, like, you're struggling to hold on to a piece of something, and how do you do true, it? True, true. Because they, it's, like, the same time that the mortuary photography came out, and yep. people were taking photos of their dead relatives all while they're dead. Up, yep. Yeah, sitting there all dressed up. Them. Yep. Like, that's some holding, pretty creepy shit, yeah, too. Yeah, like, how do you hold yeah. a baby that's dead, and, and like, those pictures, you know... Hours. Yeah. Well, yeah, they had posts put in the back of them to hold them up, some of the ones that are standing. I did a little... One of my old bosses talked to me about it because she knew I was into this weird shit. And she goes, did you ever see the dead people? The, the, you know, when we were talking about the families. And she's like, yeah, da, da, da. she went on with that. And she showed me some of the pictures, you know. And you could definitely tell that some ain't right in the picture. They are not alive looking. But some of they put them on uh, stands or post, mannequin posts, and get them to pose a certain way. And that's just, you know... You look at them and you say, oh, look at the family. You know, that's what, that's what our family was. You did it back then. Just like um, I know over the Europeans and a lot of that back in the day when a family member passed and they were kind of drifting a little bit, they would take pictures of their loved ones who passed away and they would have the service in their home and you come and visit and do the viewing. To me, I found that strange because we grew up in America and we go to a funeral home to visit and pay respects, but they did it at their homes. You know, I actually know somebody whose parents did that, and um, she was telling me about it the first time I heard about it. I was like, what? And I actually know someone else who was taking pictures of a loved one because they passed away and they wanted to remember them. I said, okay, but I think the way some of us have grown up, it's like when someone passes on or dies, we um, either hold on to something, um, and we don't, we try to remember them in, in a better state, but... Okay, so we kind of drifted off a little bit. We're still staying with dead and stuff, but that's so what we do. During the Civil War, you know, we're talking like 1860s. This was a pretty common thing to take pieces of people and make them into this jewelry that they would carry around with them. 
But there was two big cases that happened right around the same time that kind of go along with this whole thing about taking criminals and keeping them around for prosperity. So the first one that I came across was in 1833, and this was Anton LeBlanc, who was convicted of murdering a famous family in Morristown, New Jersey. And upon his death, he was obviously executed. His skin was sent to a tannery, and they made it into wallets, book jackets, lampshades, um, pretty much like all different kinds of things. And anyone could buy these items. And if you couldn't afford to buy one of those items, you could still get a strip of his skin that the sheriff had signed off on that this was actually his skin. And people bought it as like memorabilia. Because this case was so famous that he, you know, he was like a big deal. See, that now murdered that this is something family. I would be interested in. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's going to have like a haunted wallet somewhere, like a book murderer, just psychopath, but, ghost. Yeah. Do I want a lampshade that's made out of human skin? No. But do I want um, Billy the Kid? <laughs> you know, if they ever caught his right. ass and they signed off on that piece of Billy. I'm like, granted, I, you know, I'm glorifying, you know, shit that was wrong. But in a collector's viewpoint... That would be something that is kind well, of Well, cool. and you got to think about the time frame. So, again, you're talking right. about public executions. Yep. People are being hung in public. People are being executed. You know, this is not like the same as it is nowadays. And if, if a prominent family, I mean, you know, this is Morristown, New Jersey, so they're affluent, killed three people in the family. I mean, that's like unheard of at that time frame. Like nothing like that ever happens. Like, can you imagine just like the specular, you know, of like everything that this was and how people were probably like in a frenzy about, you know, You just took exactly what I was going to say. It was probably mass hysteria being at a hanging for someone that, and they want pieces of them or they're going to string them up and and take them apart, you know. So then in in 1878, um, a thief was hung for killing some lawmen in a botched holdup. Uh, his name was, they called him Big Nose George. That was the name of the guy that was the thief. Um, before he was um, he was hung, his body was flayed by Dr. John Osborne, who used the skin from his chest and thigh to make a doctor's bag, a coin purse, and a pair of shoes. And he liked the shoes so much that he wore them to his inauguration as the first Democratic governor of Wyoming. What year was this? 1878. All right, so we're not into the 1900s. Okay. How big was this dude that he was able to make that many things out of him? Well, they called him Big, big Nose, Nose George, George, so he was probably a big dude. But, I mean, like, that is, like, nuts to me. Like, he's the governor of Wyoming. He's being sworn in. It's his inauguration. And it's he's like, wearing shoes made out of the skin of a criminal. That, that takes he, some balls. Yeah, like, I mean, but... Again, it's the time frame. Like it's so gross to us to think about this. We're like, oh my god, I can't even imagine. But we would, we wouldn't do that today. No, it's a little more sophisticated. It's a little more less uh, brutal. Well, and it's illegal. You can't sell anything that's made out of human skin. But it wasn't illegal then. It is, we can sell stuff out of human skin right now. No, you can't. The human leather company in UK, they make they make stuff out of cadavers. Maybe in the UK, not in this country. Okay, all right. Because that was the first, like I said, when I was researching, that's the first thing that came up. These guys were making shoes, belts, everything. And so funny because I needed some information on it and I wanted to copy it and write, you know, they wouldn't let me copy it. You know, and it was very vague. But what they did was they had people that they knew that were going to pass along or pass on. And they turn around and had them sign off on a waiver. And then they have a quote unquote way of doing things and how they do the mixtures and how they leather it out and tan it and it's all perfectly legal and it's all given up by it's almost like a donor yeah take my skin and make whatever you want with it so this company figured out a way to corner a part of a market instead of like giving up organs they're giving up skin and they're turning around and they're making like these handsome wallets for christmas that your loved one might want where is this market people that want these somewhere things. in the UK <laughs> it's in the UK so was... the earliest stuff I could find was like book jackets that was like it seemed to be like the earliest Books stuff were... that went all the way right. back and like the most famous book is that um, the Necronom book about yeah. the yeah <laughs> that's what I was thinking <laughs> no Evil Dead no no it's, oh. it's an actual book um, and I'm gonna butcher the name so I'm not even gonna try it but basically the translation is it's a book about the human soul and it's bound in human skin which is kind of, you know... Sounds like the Necronomicon to me. Yeah. You know what that reminds me of? So... I'll tell you later. 
the Smithsonian has a pair of um, boots made out of human skin. Bet you didn't know that. These boots were made for walking. Mm-hmm. So there was a man named um, Mr. Mausrenhoff who owned a company, and in 1876 he made a pair of boots out of human skin, and he donated them to the Smithsonian, and they are still at the Smithsonian. Um, but one of the earliest things that I could find was uh, 1633. So, you know, Louis VIII? Mm-hmm. So he had a cabinet of curiosities at the Palace of Versailles, and he collected all kinds of really, really, really weird stuff. Um, two of those items were made of human skin. One was a pair of slippers, and then the other was a belt that you could actually still see the nipple on the belt. Oh, that is so badass. Yeah. So that that's, was kind of crazy. That's Ed territory there. Yeah, yeah, you're stepping up in that league. Well, they don't say how he, he got these items of curiosity, oh. just that he collected them. You know, it was passerby on the roadside. Clearly, it was legal. So also in the 1800s, um, James Allen, who was a thief, he had his biography bound in his own skin, and it's still in a library in Boston. So he, he had this whole biography written, and he had it bound in his own skin, and then he had left directions that it was to go to the person's family that he had killed, which was why he was put to death. And they had this book in their family for, like, years, like, Ooh. 100 years, over 100 years. And then they ended up donating it to a library. So it seemed like the 1800s was There's really time the time frame to be making things out of human skin. <clears throat> and I, that's that's my stuff to contribute to this topic. It's just cool. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's just it, cool. It's just it's cool. cool. That should be the name of the topic. It's just cool. Skin slicing. Uh, I don't know. I mean... You think about it because uh, you hunt, you skin deer, elk, moose, whatever, cows. You use that stuff uh, to to no end. But somebody's out there thinking, well, why can't we do this with humans? You know, what we're going to test every boundary that there is. Well, it's just to a- learn medically or to learn like you know underground and be creepy about it. And there's always some weird like cultist groups out there like you know what we'll bind this book with him and it'll be you know carry on for the legend of for how many years and you put a little blood in it and voila because it's both it's it's like a taboo is what it is it's i mean there's definitely like some i mean i i can't remember the name of them right now but you know like the um i think they're japanese they're the guys that tattoo their entire bodies the Yukash, they have a certain name. I'm going to look yeah, it up because I want to make sure that I get it right. Um, but they're like a they're like a group of like underground criminals, basically. Oh, and the they, Yakuza? Yes, the Yakuza. The Yakuza. And they get their whole entire bodies tattooed because like that represents, you know, all kinds of things that they believe in. And there's a black market for their skin. So when an Yakuza dies, you, they've actually had where people have bought like their full tattooed pieces. So... It's really weird. Do you think Upper Deck football cards came up with the idea when they took a snippet of, like, Dan Marino's little, like, playoff jersey and they put it in a card? That was the same kind of idea. It could be in the Akuza skin card, number 12. (laughs) You know? It's a special collector's, guys, if you can get it. (laughs) They sell, like, Pokemon cards over there. I think they... Look, there's nothing that probably hasn't been tapped into at some point in this lifetime, in this world's existence, because there's always somebody that's going to be completely left of the field, and there's always going to be someone in the middle of the road, and there's always going to be, you know, someone taking the right proper courses. You know, this is for, you know, experimentation. This is for the future of medical. What can we do with skin? You know, blah, 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 blah. Um, there's actually an article that I was looking at. Let me see if I can find it here. That they made this uh, warship. What is that? What is that? That's an Akuza skin. What? Yeah. Oh, man, I don't know. What is, what's just going on with this Akuza skin? It's very weird. Yeah, like I said, you know, I got articles on stuff that, like cigar cases. Um, uh, William Burke, William Hare killed 17 people in Edinburgh, Scotland, Edinburgh, Scotland, and sold their bodies to doctors for dissections. Burke was convicted and hanged, but he didn't go peacefully to his grave. His body was dissected. His skeleton and death 
death mask are in the University of Edinburgh's Atomical Museum. Other parts of his corpse were made into useful items, such as binding of a pocketbook, a very elegant calling card case made from the skin of his left hand. And they got a picture of the guy, and they got a picture of the calling card, which is unique. But the one I'm looking at is wallets, of course. You know, those are simple things. You know, work boots. There's your uh, Louis VIII slippers. Oh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> no pictures of the belt, though, which I thought was weird. Well, it's probably because it's too too out there. Well, there's a ship out there that um, they use. I don't know if it's a warship or a spy ship that's using biofuel from human skin. So they've learned to take excess fat and basically convert it. And this ship was... The, the crew that's on this ship, it's a really high-tech ship, they all got a chance to have liposuction, have their fat pulled, donated into the, the fuel process, and they converted it over into fuel for this, this warship. It doesn't seem worth it. <laughs> yeah. Well. There's a biohazard right there, I would think. Well, there's always something that can go wrong. I mean, I, the human skin idea is really... It's, it's like I said, it's no worse than anything else. You know, cosmetics made from corpses of ex- executed prisoners. You know, they, they're probably considered the scourge of life. They're gonna think, we're going to take them apart, and we don't really care. You killed X amount of people. And then there's, you know, Andrew Cross now, who is a, um, you know, human skin art. They put all their skin and stuff into artwork. You know, it's nothing new. Uh, what did Andy Warhol do? Semen and blood? picture. I don't know. If you know the Metallica uh, load and reload albums, it's got like that fluid looking color. That's semen and uh, blood mixed in there. And I, I want to say it might be Warhol. I could be wrong. But it was a famous picture taken. And it was, you know, Metallica ended up using it. You know, but, but that's what I'm saying. There's so many, so many people out there with like different ideas of the way they perceive life or want to take it and and you go from there. So I just found something kind of interesting when I was looking through stuff. Um, that whole human skin in the UK that you said is really vague. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I came across some things that are saying that people that are using skin for art and things like that are now growing it in labs. So it's not really being taken off of a body. It's like cloned skin. Mm-hmm. So beware of imitations out there. <laughs> Make sure you get a death certificate with your purse. Oh my god. <laughs> get a proof of purchase. <laughs> and scan it. Proof. Uh, a certificate of authenticity. Make yeah, sure that you too. upload your proof of purchase. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that one. That's really hard to do. I don't know how to do that. And don't call and ask me how. <laughs> I found an article on how true this is. Um... Ah, here we go. A little research. The source is The Citizen. This is what it's called. Uh, Oh, it sounds like it's going to be a whistleblower. The macabre startup company Bite Labs launched a scheme in 2014, convincing celebrities to to donate tissue samples for the production of specialty meats. Although the celebrities themselves weren't dead, the final product would pretty much be their meat in dead form. The website states, isolating muscle stem cells, we grow celebrity meat on our proprietary bioreactors. (laughs) In the tradition of Italian cured meats, we dry age and spice our product into its fine, lovely state. So uh, what they basically did was um, we have James Franco salami. So they did the the, the the whole thing of taking... Well, would they say tissues, and they they regrow it. So James Franco salami, for instance, is said to be smoky, sexy, and smooth. Uh, sharp telly telly cherry peppercorns and caramelized onions provided Franco's underlining flavors, complemented by a, a charming hint of lavender. The Franco salami's taste will be arrogant, distinctive, and completely undeniable. So there are celebrities out there that are just giving up some skin samples and whatever this Bite Labs is doing 
James Franco, if you're out there listening, can you please confirm that you gave some <laughs> tissue samples that people could grow salami out is of this your even, skin? Is this Bite Labs even still around? Are we even going to still be around after this episode? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You know, like I said earlier, people were taking their um, the cremated ashes and putting them into diamond forms. I mean, there's so many different things we can do with skin these days. There's so many things. Uh... You know, med- not even medically, well, medically speaking, they they can use stuff for uh, antibiotics, decontamination. Um, they found uses to ulcers and burns by well, taking some of the stuff. They're and using fish skin for burns now. They are. Yeah, which yep. is actually kind of cool. Um, I wonder a- if the fish are offended. They probably are. <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, if you uh, get burned and you get skin... From a fish, there it is to regrow because you actually have like the scales. Do you still eat fish after that? Oh, I was gonna say, are you smokies? No, I mean, think about it. Would you? I don't know. Now you're like eating your your fellow kin there. And eating my antibiotics. Considered cannibalism. That's what I'm saying. Your skin is now grafted into the fish skin. Hmm. You become part. Mer person. Probably. <laughs> Mer person. <laughs> Can you still eat seafood? Yeah. <laughs> um, there's also a source out there called The Inhabitant. Researchers. We have a special guest. I'm sorry. Oh, go on. Hello. Oh, you're doing a podcast? Yeah, do you want to be a guest? No, it's okay. I just saw that you called me. Never mind. Are you sure you know what we're, we're doing right now? No, I wish. <laughs> no, I wish. No, that's a nice one. Uh, um, the Grinch who sold Christmas because it's holiday time? No. Um, if there really is that... a Santa Claus? <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> no, we're doing stuff made out of human skin. I don't want to be a part of this either. It wasn't my idea. Oh, no. no <laughs> it was not. <laughs> we have proof. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God she doesn't listen. Oh, my God. That's horrible. I know. Look. It is. But they do use skin for, like, you know, health reasons. You haven't done one in a long time, and this is what you came up with. <laughs> that's what I said. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> We're scraping it. Oh, yes. I can't even talk to you right now. <laughs> Never mind. I was just calling you because I thought you called me, but get back to your podcast. Now you're going to get nightmares. Too. Yeah. It's just Probably horrible. for the rest of my life. Oh, my, oh my God. <laughs> don't talk to me about it. I don't want to hear about it. Okay. You can listen to the episode yeah. later. Okay. Bye. Right. All right. Bye. So, <clears throat> the source inhabitant. <laughs> And uh, our listeners have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I agree. I guess there's some researchers from Beijing uh, University College Jeff of Life and Science right and Technology. He's like, that came, with, came up with a came up with a gross idea of human gelatin, considered a vegan <laughs> <laughs> considered a vegan product. Oh, the group are oh. pioneering a soylent green type method of to completely revolutionize. Rob, call your mom back. The gelatin yeah. industry. <laughs> Their precise plan is to take human genes and insert them into strains of yeast producing gelatin with controllable features. The term features works wonders in conjuring up disturbing images of the human body parts in the blob of strawberry jello. So yes, they're trying to get to jello. They also um, they also state that their new method was designed for the purpose, quote unquote, to reduce the risk of diseases like mad cow. Um, which may be present in the bones and cartilage that gelatin is made of. Hoof and foot disease. <laughs> how how is human gelatin vegan? Isn't human considered meat? Yes. You know what? That's Beijing for you. Hey, did you check, did you um, thank Japan for buying some of your books? Oh yes, thanks Japan. <laughs> Allison, what type? Of, what, what we got going on out there? Um, Don't send the yakuza after her. I know. I don't want their skin. They're serious business over there. Like they will. They, they will. I know. They're they like, like the, the paranormal. Yeah. They like the ghost stories. So yes, for what, some reason, um, Kindle Japan tends to buy my my guide to ghost hunting book an awful lot. 
But enough to make a mention of it, right? Yeah. So right now there's um, a lot of people in Japan looking at your picture and Rob's picture because they're in the book. Hmm. <laughs> Which is just kind of eating bizarre. Their, eating, their, eating their green jello. Eating their human jello. And yes. wondering where the ghost and stories are coming wearing from. Wearing their human leather high heels and their human bags. Yeah. Okay. Maybe cool. they have a human skin cover for their Kindle. Oh, well, that'd be Maybe cool. they do. And they're reading your book on it. Could be. Hmm. You cannot have my skin to bind in my books. No. No. You would probably sell well. <laughs> and they're listening bizarre. to this episode like, why do they think this is all so weird? I don't understand this. I know. That's a cultural thing, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom clearly doesn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> There's also... Uh, I really want to get your mom like some kind of brown leather or something now. <laughs> Just tell her it's human oh, skin. Christmas is coming up. Or it already passed according to this episode, but yeah. Okay, so here's a source out of YouTube. Oh, are we still doing this? Yeah, I thought. Hi. We're, I think we're done. We're, we're playing night. around with this. Listen to this. This is this is from our backyard here. A chemist in Nebraska from Doan College, Rachel Burks, came up with the ingenious idea of making a perfume from the chemicals released by the dead body. She said, "If we're." Really trying to mimic a corpse, we have to get the smell down to a perfection. Nobody wants to be the guinea pig that spritzes, spritzes on death cologne and realizes it doesn't quite work. She further explains that <clears throat> putrescine and cadaverine are the main ingredients, which are emitted early on in the de- decaying process of the body. Both organic chemical po- compounds are produced by the breakdown of amino acids in living and dead organisms and are toxic in large doses. They are largely responsible for the foul odor of putrefying flesh, but also contributes to bad breath and can be found in semen, methylenol, which smells like rotten eggs, and is added to the perfume to create its offensive boutique. Basically, it's an amalgamation of the scents of semen, corpses, and bad breath. If they really just wanted this perfume, they could have just gone to a nursing home and bottled it. There was a book out You've been there. been one of those places, it smells like all those things. <laughs> there was a book written, uh, it's called Perfume, and it was... And you've read it, cover to cover? No, I did not read it, but here's the thing, because <clears throat> I'm such a big horror fan, they had a issue of Fangoria where they are talking about the movie Perfume, and what they wanted to do was, in the way the book was written, obviously you can get away with a lot more imagination in a book than you can in movies, so... When the, this person was trying to recreate the human scent of a woman or a body, reading that in a book was fine, but they had such a hard time. They brought this to, you know, a movie format, and the movie is actually quite, quite good. You know, this guy ended up figuring out, you know, how to make the human scent of a woman by using dead. Well, he ended up killing hookers and random people. No, no, no. But it was it was set as the time period is set. I think believe uh, back in France. So, so it's okay. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. Why wouldn't it be? They're so, just nameless horrors. No one cares. But that, but that's kind of what's going. You know, I was trying I to say. I just don't here understand whole, why anyone would want to smell that. Obviously, he was taking the route of something, you know, where it smelled well, or like a trying to make like a, a pheromone. Where you could use something to... But when you smell death and decay, don't you go the opposite way of that? I mean, that's like your body's natural sense is like... What if? Like, True. When you but go to you, like eat well, a piece of meat and it's spoiled, or like cold cuts, and you go to make a sandwich and it's been in there too long, and you're like, whoa, I'm not eating that, because your body naturally tells you, like, that's right. dead, don't eat well, it. Well, I was trying to give you the upside to that. That it smells... That somebody that it, They made that? it smell where it was really... It was actually nice, but all these people were starting to miss and started missing in the town. And they're all females, and this guy was going after them. And he was, yeah, but that's the whole so thing. Just, it's sticking it with smells so good. <laughs> smell like rotten ass. Um, there's this also, whole episode smells like rotten ass. But hang on, it gets better. Oh, does it? There is Ow. human leather. Um, there is a company out there, believe it or not, <laughs> that Princess Diana, some of her hair was used into making some jams. Yeah. I, I don't even I thought know. jams were like crushed up strawberries and shit. Yeah, well, 
Somebody went out there and said, yeah. And that cannot be confirmed. I don't want to get all crazy on people with that. But yeah, we wouldn't want to get crazy on people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this show, you know, we try to keep it together here. Yeah. We don't want to go too far. And obviously, you know, and <laughs> on a finer note here, you know, lots of people who um, lose their hair when they're sick or they go through chemo or have cancer, we use hairs, hair samples, dead people's hair samples to make, you know, wigs we go from there and i'm just throwing it out there or locks of love yeah hairdressers made from the hair of the dead lots of love my dad actually had a uh human wig when and that was in 70 76 so that was i don't know if that was still cutting edge to get that but it's more prevalent today because i think through social media and a lot of these medical places, we've found, again, it's going down to the terms, we found so much more that we can do with our bodies. And there's so many ways to reach out for people to donate things, skin, organs, hair, eyeballs, fingers, whatever. So it could be a good thing if we use it the right way. Or it could be a bad thing, like I said earlier, you know. If you're a dean. If you're a yeah, but you can even go to the point of, you know, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer. I mean, yeah, he had to do some chopping and slicing, but he was eating it. He wasn't making furniture or trying to do anything good with it. He was just throwing in buckets of acid after whatever. Yep. I don't know. So what do we think about the human skin? It's weird and creepy. Do you think it's an underground thing? Do you I, think the medical no, the medical field keeps it hidden? It's totally or do you think mainstream. it's... Uh, <laughs> or is it underground? And I don't mean like burial underground. I mean like... Is this like some occultist shit going on that you I know just don't people know. are? I don't know how you do the sustainability piece. No. <laughs> I mean, you're not really like sourcing it responsibly. <laughs> you can't like plant another human when you take that one's skin off. Well, kind of weird. We, you know, if anyone's seen Motel Hell, they, you know, you see Motel Hell where they bury the bodies and they keep them preserved in the dirt and they use them and they make the finest meats in uh, uh, their fritters. Well, what about Sweeney Todd? I mean, you know, that's the whole thing. What did you he know, do? I have, I've heard bits the and pieces. The demon barber of Fleet Street. Mm, okay, keep so going. So Sweeney Todd was the demon barber of Fleet Street, and he would kill people in his barber chair, and then he had a secret level that they would fall down into a chute, and the woman that owned the pie shop, meat pies, underneath the barber shop, would mince them up and cook them into pies. See, there are a few movies and out there and ideas. <clears throat> And you know what? Let's face it. It's meat. Yeah. You season it and preserve it. Guess what? We're no different than a, a, a horse or a cow or a pig. I mean, I think everything has its time and place. Like, you know, I, I think that when taken out of context, it might seem a little weird. But like when we're talking about, you know, like the murderers that were executed mm-hmm. and like their skin and people like being crazy to get a piece of that. Um What'd you get? I got a piece of ass. I mean, I think that everything's got its time and place. Like, we would think it's weird now to walk around with a, you know, ring made out of a loved one's tooth. But at the time, it was very acceptable and it was the norm. And I think you just have to put this into context. Well, they had they had something in there, too, with body parts that they took their teeth, people took teeth, and they had them put onto bra- uh, silver or brass mm-hmm. knuckles, you know. Unless you're Ed Gein. If you're Ed Gein, you're just messed up, man. Maybe he's the one that ruined it for everyone. Because Maybe because he, he killed two people and he involuntarily took... Yeah, but he, what was his... Pro- maybe maybe the problem with him is he had no purpose with it. Well, I think... He just did it to do it. I think we can all agree on a couple of things here. Okay? So just follow, follow me with Okay, this. what's the skinny on this? So, <laughs> so, serial killers using skin is bad. Yes. Right? No matter what the context is. Okay. Like, serial killers using skin, just no, no good ever comes out of that. People being executed, that's acceptable, right? We're okay with that. If you're going to make a pair of shoes out of somebody that killed some people... Just don't I'm, come whining when your shit's haunted. Well, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a risk you're taking, but I mean, I think that's probably an acceptable way to get some skin to be making stuff out of it, you know, because that person deserved whatever they got. They don't deserve to be anymore <laughs> why, but why go to that peace lo- out <laughs> so wouldn't that technically today can we technically move them over into the 
let's study the human body some more and donate it to science. Well, and it brings me to my to my last point. So you guys remember like years ago when that whole um, exhibit came through bodies and how everybody was freaking out and they were like, oh my God, yeah. this is like, you can't take kids to this. This is so grotesque. Do you remember what that whole thing was? Never went. Well, there was lots of skin and lots of bodies that had been preserved in different kinds Stages. of layers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they even had a skin of an entire person that was just the skin. I mean, it was like a um, an inmate from like a jail that had donated his body or something like that. And it was the whole front side and the mm-hmm. whole back side and different, you know... Um, dissected bodies that have been preserved. Muscles and certain show, flexes yeah, and different tone, things. like running or so something. It's acceptable from that standpoint for science, right? Because mm-hmm. you're, you're learning things from that. But if somebody saw that 100 years from now, they might think that we were the most disgusting things ever. And how could we look at that and how could we do that? How could we put somebody out in the Because society like that? changes. Right. right. Right? Your ideas of what are norms changes, culture changes, all those things. So, is this acceptable in today's society? Absolutely freaking not. <laughs> no. Am I going to go out and get a changed purse made out of a made out of Joe? No. I mean, I'm I'm not going to do that. But does it have its time and place in history? Yeah, but like I said, they're making they got this warship. They made they took fat from us. They took it's not necessarily skin, but they took they're Rob's taking not buying it. They're taking <laughs> they're like taking stuff. They're taking stuff from the human body, and we're learning how to <laughs> basically resource it all out and figure out ways we could still use it. Well, let's face it, stem the cell research the overpopulated. Well, this ain't gonna help it because we're gonna find ways to keep people alive. No, we're gonna take their bodies and use it for things. No. No, but you're still making people stay. Maybe it's helping someone along the way or generations to live longer because we're finding ways to reuse. I know Rob doesn't <laughs> like when I hit the the Parabattle Studios uh, table here because I'm just trying to make his point. I'm almost like Italian. I, I gotta you know move my hands and hit everything. But uh, no, I'm just saying we're figuring out how to live longer. We're using everything that's available to us. Uh, apparently, we're using humans now, and. It, it the those generations are going to see this, and it will be acceptable to say, "Hi, I'm Allison, and I'm donating my body to anything and everything that can contribute to another life form, or uh, a cure to a disease, or I don't know, a lampshade if you want." I mean, but you're finding ways to use what used to be sacred to us. The normal living human used to be a sacred thing. There are some strange people out there doing some strange things with cadavers, bodies, whatever you want. But then on the right side over here, you have medical teams and scientists that are like, oh, you know what we can do with the skin from the forearm? We could take this, 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 and this. Quick example, skin grafts. Oh, yeah, like full face transplants. Like when they take the full face off a cadaver and put it on the face of a person that's still alive and sew it on, it's weird. I mean, I'm not, you know... And does it have its merit? Does it have its purpose? I'm sure it does. But it's still freaking weird. It's still weird that that dude is now walking around with a dead man's face sewed onto his own. Yeah, but he's got to be happy because he's got to feel good inside. <laughs> I'm sure he might, but it's freaking weird. Like, I don't think we're at a place yet where, like, as a society... <laughs> we could just switch faces? Yeah, we could just, like, wrap our brains around that and be okay with it. It's like Face Off, that movie with... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, exactly like Face Off. I mean, I think internal organs, like, that's... We've come to a point where, like, that makes sense and it's acceptable and people... Like, exactly. Okay, yeah, you know, you get a heart from somebody else, you get an eyeball from somebody else, you know, like, that's okay. But I don't think that we're really at a point yet where we're ready for... Yeah, I'll take a little off the thigh. I got a, you know, just a little spot over here. Yeah, we'll take two pounds of that. Uh... <laughs> Uh, let's see the oh yeah you know what I need to do I need to do my lips can we get a little bit of the lip there too I mean the possibilities you know I get it I think it's great you know somebody loses a leg and there's a cadaver leg that could be hanging around put on and you know and I mean I guess like you know now you're, now you're Frankenstein people together I don't know well think about the movie Frankenstein right there <laughs> no you don't like the movie Frankenstein <laughs> but you, you, but look at I don't want to talk about human skin anymore. <laughs> But the thing being beyond that, where you know the whole idea of Frankenstein come? You built a human or another part or another human out of body parts, or you saved a cadaver and you put that and you brought life back to it. Now it's you like got, that. now you got science in its preform almost. Like, hey, you know what? I can take your arm, I can take your leg, I can take someone else's head, 
and we'll screw that shit together and we'll give it a couple bolts and fire it up. You know, we're, we're, we're there, but we're not being barbaric about it. We're still learning it, but we're, we're, like you said, you can put skin on someone's face. You can replace a leg, you know, you, they're taking arms and stuff and they're redoing it and people are feeling better about themselves. They're medically they're that gives them hope to do something good, to do good with it. I know it's supposed to be weird and strange, you know, with the whole skin thing, which it is, but you know, there is an upswing to all of this. You know, just give someone a medical license and let them slice the hell out of people and we'll figure something out. And if all else fails and that transplant doesn't take, you can still make a coin purse. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) A coin purse? What do you think, Rob? I think this is the second episode in a row I'm going to have to apologize for when I put it out there. (laughs) Well, after your mom got a hold of you. No, it was long before that. (laughs) It was before that? I mean, was that the blooper reel that's not making it onto this that we got into? No, well, I, you know us here at Parababble, we talk about everything. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing sacred. No subject is off the table. I do have a question, though. I mean, I, I know I don't. It's okay if we run over, right? Good. No, anyway, this one. Um, <laughs> are you guys on your license in New York State? Are you donors? No, not anymore. <laughs> Let me ask why. Because I know what the process is when people are donating their organs. Yeah. I think we had this conversation yeah. before. It's not. Yep. And that, you, you feel the same way. Yeah, I don't want to be happens. kept. Uh, I don't want to be kept alive on life support just so that my organs can be harvested. Well, and here, but what like, if you save somebody? If you die like right away, then they immediately like harass whatever loved one is there mm-hmm. and like ask you all these questions. Right they need a whole dead. medical history on the person. Yep. They need and, all like, like no time pre-existing things. I mean, it's just I don't. I don't. Mm-hmm. What do you think about a topic for that? No. <laughs> what? What do you mean? Getting a lot of, I'm feeling a lot of stress in this uh, studio tonight here about ideas. I am a donor. If I can help somebody, but you got to figure, I'm gone, right? I'm dead. Yeah, so just leave your family to deal with the mess of what that is. And putting it in perspective. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. You is know? it a hard, is it a, I mean, it I don't know how much very, you know. It can they'll, be they'll very devastating after, like, for people. You're right for your kids and they'll like harass them with all these questions like right after you're dead because they have to know immediately. And okay. And they start asking them all these questions. All right. Like so, we want to take the eyes. You know, Are you okay with the yeah. eyes? We want to take the eyes. What about the kidney? Yeah. Are you okay with the mm-hmm. kidney? Okay, we want to take this, this, and this. Okay, um, but we can't harvest it for four more days. So we're going to take your body down and leave it at the morgue and we're going to hook it up to some... Uh, life support, we're going to pump it full of saline and other chemicals to preserve the organs until we can pop out your eyeballs and put them in somebody else. Okay, so the two sides of this fence is you're going to still be there and a loved one or a friend or whatever family you know is going to be in some room that way. Mm -hmm. But the other side of that fence is, so you won't be able to have full closure because you know that person isn't technically dead. The body is still doing its function. And, oh, my God, what if there's a miracle? What if they did the wrong thing? What if something happens, they come back and there's something wrong? I mean, there's always those questions that can go. Because, technically, you're still breathing and this body is still working. So that's one side of the fence. But then the other side of the fence is maybe he or she would have wanted that, knowing that, okay, I know he didn't die in vain or she didn't die in vain, and that they're going to help somebody else. My mom? It's a personal decision. My mom wasn't supposed to know, but she found out. um, The process of getting a kidney. They called four people up to the hospital. This is kind of how it worked. And this young girl died in another state. She was in a bad car accident. Uh, She was 22 years old. Her kidneys were donated. They flew the kidneys up here within, like, hours. Four people up here, they're all, it's almost, it sounds pretty shitty, but it was like a lottery. So say the three of us are sitting here and we're on um, kidney, or dialysis for kidneys. Okay, this kidney is XYZ, this kidney is ABC, this one's EFG, EFG, EFG. Rob, you're the closest match. EFG. Okay, Allison, Jeff, you can go home. Uh, This one isn't for you. Rob, EFG is here. This kidney is going to give you another 10 to 12 years of normal living where you don't have to be on dialysis. So that would be the upside of the technology that we use. But... Uh, you know, I don't know that much about how they keep the bodies going. Or well, I think it depends on what organ it is. It depends on what the circumstances are. I mean, I'm sure that there are certain ones that have to be taken out in short periods of time. There are other ones that maybe. And I'm sure there's a little more. I'm, the, I'm sure there's a morality question there. Like, do you take a five-year-old? Say another five-year-old needs a kidney 
or something of that nature, do you take that image of your five-year-old? I don't know, but I, this episode was dark, and I feel like it just got darker. But no, it's just... <laughs> look, it's not crime scene cleanup, guys. This is this is positive stuff. I'm, I'm basically talking in a light of what we can use our, our body parts for, our skin, or whatever technology brings us there. We're over time. Oh, so this, so Jeff doesn't... No, I'm out of this one, I guess, because Rob says we're over time. No, so it's, he'll it's, edit this whole part out. No, I have to edit it together now. I know. I'm just uh, busting balls. We could be a band. Skin band. <laughs> oh my god, I just almost said something really bad. <laughs> it's What's worse, to think it or say it? Come on, uh, whatever. How much worse could it be? It's definitely bad, I'm not saying it. <laughs> we can all have like body scratch and make our own little... Oh my god, do you know how much skin is floating around this area right now? Well... <laughs> Do you said how we're going to end this show? How much skin is floating around here? I don't here? know. That was a lot of scratching. I don't know. Like you said, you know, we're Parababble. You can reach us at Twitter, Facebook, FaceTime, whatever you want. I don't and we know so, this was weird. And we promise never to talk about things made out of skin ever again. But we've covered just about all, all we could really cover with skin. Oh, we're, yeah, I think so. We're retiring Ed Gein. He's not going to be mentioned in any more episodes. No? And we nope. did pay homage to the largest organ on the human body. Mm-hmm. The penis? No, your skin. Oh, Oh, oh the, yeah, it is right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I can't. I'm done. I quit. All right. So this is uh, this is Rob and Allison's show, Parababble. I'm a guest. Um, they brought me in. No, it's your show. Now. <laughs> it's not my show. We'd like to thank you for listening to this um, interesting episode of. We promised that 2018 can only get better from here. It's yeah, it's our first episode. But what do you say? You can call it a night. You good? Oh yeah. All right. And remember, donate. <laughs>